Peltero Pickle episode 112. We have a special guest this week, Colby Halter. He's a player at the University of Florida, really talented player. Uh, had a really good season at the Cape last year. And he's just got some really good insight, really good perspective as uh, you know, 2023. We're, we're jumping into baseball mode. I think when the, when the calendar turns, mindsets start to shift and it's, it's baseball season. So uh, on the Pelotero front, it's ABCA week, huge week for baseball and coaches. And I just, I saw an email that said there's going to be 12,000 coaches and exhibitors. Uh, Nashville, Opryland, Gaylord Opryland with the amazing atrium. It's going to be crazy this year. Um, a little, little pent up energy from last year with modified situations that everybody had to wear masks last year. So it's going to be fun this year and exciting. And, um, yeah, Pelotero's got a lot a lot on the docket. So we have a booth and we'll be sharing kind of what we've been working on. Biggest thing that we're going to be talking about that we anticipate talking about there is our our team's season packages where we're partnered with Hitting Approach and ProPlay AI to bring the right data to coaches and players so they can make adjustments and create player plans throughout the season. Um, we're collecting some pretty unique data. We work with Hitting Approach to add some layers and some context to game data. That's really exciting, especially with timing and accuracy and back control adjustability. So we're creating we're creating metrics around process in a way that's never been done before. And we're really excited to be able to help more players and and make the data first accessible, but then also useful. Um, it, it, we're very excited about the product. So uh, if you're going to ABCA, make sure you check us out. Just, I can't tell you a booth number because I'm trying to get the uh, trying to get the booth upgraded and changed to a different location. So, uh, But we will be at ABCA. So if you're there, come check us out. Come say hello. And um, yeah, it's going to be 2023, big year for us. It's uh, time to sink or swim. We got we to gotta get our product out and help people and and see if what we bet on works. So I'm excited about that. It's uh, going to be a big year. So uh, good episode here with Colby. Um, looking forward to ABCA, looking forward to the college season, and just baseball in general coming back. Hot stove is going to start. We're going to put out the hot stove and start playing ball. So uh, episode 112, check it out. Pelotero Pickle episode 112. This is the first episode of 2023. My name is Bobby Tewksbury. Joining me as always is Chris Colabello. We do have a special guest today that I'm going to let Chris introduce in a moment. But first, a reminder, send us your email questions to pickle at pelotero.com or hit us up on Twitter at Pelotero Pickle. Going to be a fun episode today. Chris, why don't you introduce our guest after you tell us how your New Year's was? Hi, Bobby. My New Year's was great. It was the easiest holiday season in probably 39 years I've been alive, like seamless, no drama. And I thought this was an interesting one for me. This I thought we would kick off 2023 with uh, a college baseball player to begin with, because I think that's the closest we're going to get to baseball. And it was funny, this guy in particular uh, resonated with me quite a bit. I didn't know him at all before this show. Um, but I knew his coach at the University of Florida, Chuck Jerallman, old teammate of mine. And I got to watch uh, this young man play quite a bit last year. And I really, uh, really loved the way he went about his business. Uh, gritty, hard nose, plays the game the right way. Uh, mutter per se, doesn't wear a ton of flair. Um, 
just like all the things that that stood out to me about how he, he played and um excited to get to know him a little bit colby halter from the university of florida colby how are you man good man i appreciate all that stuff so uh tell me how you ended up at the university of florida and uh what's your experience been like to this point yeah. um first is i mean i've had a great experience so far i've gotten super close to the coaching staff and uh had a bunch of really good teammates my whole time at florida so i'm super grateful um that i got to go there but I just grew up a Gator fan my whole life. I'm from Jacksonville, Florida, so it's like not too far, like almost two hours probably from Gainesville. Um, grew up watching Gator football, Gator baseball, and uh, fell in love with the university. And then right when I became like a freshman in high school, kind of recruiting started early and stuff, and um, I visited Florida and FSU. Um, those were the two that I liked the most for sure, but felt so wrong going to FSU and even like wearing garnet for one day. I was like, what the heck? <laughs> um, <laughs> Ended up just wanted to go to Florida, and Sully's a great coach, obviously, and um, they won the Natty that year later after I committed, so that was awesome, but, yeah. All right, so you, you're going in as a freshman to Florida, right? You And you played summer ball, uh, like a collegiate summer league, leading yeah. up to your freshman yeah. year. Um, did you do a prep year in high school, or were you just regular four-year? So yeah, no, just four years in high school. You're a normal guy, like us. Yeah. I call them normal guys now, because it seems like everybody's getting later and later by the time they go to high uh, to college now. <clears throat> by and, the way, I just want I just want to point out. I think this is our first guest who's born after I graduated from high school. I just checked. <laughs> He's uh, August twenty fourth, oh one. So you were young. You were young coming out of high school, right? Or were you eighteen uh, coming out of high school? No, I was. I was like a little bit older, I guess, but not. I was pretty. Okay, happy. so you were eighteen. So, <clears throat> yeah. so I turned eighteen after graduating. Chris turned eighteen. His freshman year in college. Yeah. That's so, uh, yeah, you were born 12 days after my birthday. So I was right. Or 12 days. Sorry. 12 days. I'm, I'm an August 12th baby, but uh, <clears throat> I graduated high school in 2001. So that's, that just makes me feel <laughs> old. You so, just told Courier on the phone before the, before the podcast. You just told your old college coach, so I'm about to turn 40, which, yeah, yeah we're old, Bobby. It's, it's right. It's why I shaved my face today to feel young. Right. Well, it's if you <clears throat> the weird thing talking to my my college coach is I'm almost almost half of my life has been after college now. So, Colby, you're in it right now. That's you're living it every day. In 20 years, you're gonna look up and be like, half of my life has been after this. It's yeah. a weird. It's just weird thing. I, I, like with the holidays too. I've got two two, two daughters now that are three and five, yeah. and my youngest one's just starting to string sentences together, like really starting to communicate. It's just weird. It happens fast. Happens real fast, but. Let's uh let's keep talking about baseball. Sorry. So, so you went in you went in as a freshman to Florida. Did you have expectations of of uh, getting an opportunity to play right away, or did you think it was going to be kind of touch and go? You're really going to have to earn it. You know, I knew going in for sure I was going to have to earn it. Um, the team bef- the year before they were like 17 and one, I think, before COVID hit and like end of the season ranked number one nationally and all this stuff, and didn't really lose anyone. But also, I guess like. Looking back, is a little bit of like, like naiveness as like a like just being a young player and stuff. But I also I, I expected to go in and I know I was a good player and um, thought that I should play right away and just gonna I was gonna go in there and prove it to my teammates that I deserve to play every single day. Um, and it ended up working out like that my freshman year. But you know now as like an upperclassman and a junior and seeing guys come in, I, you see a lot of guys that just think that they should expect to play every single day, and uh, a lot of guys that I know that are really good players that didn't get to. Like my roommate, Wyatt Langford, he was like our bullpen catcher freshman year, 
Um, and now in this this year's draft, he's looking to go like top five picks, you know. So it's a different path for everyone. But um, yeah, it ended up working out where I got to play every single day my freshman year, pretty much. And um, yeah, it was awesome. Well, I think it's a testament to what I saw, and I probably watched you play about ten times last year, twelve times, something like that. And I think you represent a lot of characteristics that I see myself. You and I chatted a little bit before we came on the show, right? Uh, and Bobby and I have been good friends for 20 years, and I think that's how we connected as friends too. Uh, just going about your business the right way, right? Consistency in your in your approach and your your tenacity, your performance, the ability to put on and at bat, and I think it all kind of loops in together. What did you feel like? were the things that helped you stand out and got you an opportunity that, that freshman year? I mean, was it fall ball? Was it, you know, the, the, the amount of equipment you picked up, what time you showed up? Was, was it a combination of all of it or was there anything that stood out really in your mind more than anything? I think I, from a young age, I was really lucky. My dad was always giving me really good advice and raised me the right way, you know, and I had coaches that expected a lot of me and just being a good person and, go into the field and taking care of your business every single day for sure is something that I take pride in and um, just trying to put in all the work you can every day and not leave any doubts you know after you're done playing that you did everything you could and so I think that attitude and then um, definitely I was just I've been pretty talented too growing up you know I was lucky that I'm a good hitter and um, I've worked real hard to get better and better but um, you know I think a lot of that stuff combined just did it and then um, just came into a good situation too at Florida. You know, Sully Sully likes giving young guys a chance when when he thinks like they they deserve it. So um, it was a good good recipe for success. It's awesome. Yeah. I want to ask a question there. I want to drill down a little bit. When you say you you said you're fortunate, you're you're a good hitter, and that you work on it. What do you think makes you a good hitter? Um. Yeah, I say definitely a lot of stuff. I think I was lucky growing up to have guys that uh, taught me like you know a good approach right away when I was young and uh, use the whole field and kind of be try to be a complete hitter and not you know like sell out for power or anything. And um, I mean that'll come later. But learning how to hit first that was really something that was huge for me growing up. Take your single to left field, you know, use the gaps, and um, that's allowed me to just. I've come into my power naturally just by getting stronger and growing up and getting like a man body a little bit, but I've always been able to hit and try to use the whole field. So we can talk about man bodies when you, when you turn 40, we'll talk, we'll talk about it. <laughs> that's, uh, that's all. That's You're awesome, definitely dude. in better shape than I've probably been in. The, uh, yeah. <clears throat> that, that question is very good. And I would, one of the reasons I wanted to ask is because the, the generation that you've grown up in, gets trashed on quite a bit by the older generation and, you know, chasing X velocity, chasing metrics, chasing the Instagram highlight. How does, how does that, all that stuff kind of fit into your experience as a player? Cause you're, you're in it. Yeah. You, you've grown up and you know, when Chris and I were young, like the internet was just becoming a thing. And now, you know, everybody's walking around with a phone that can catch you in a, in a good moment or a bad moment at any, any moment of time. So just for context, I'm curious. Just for context, what he means by that is I had to take my phone off the damn hook at home, right? Our only phone line, plug the cord into the wall just to use AOL Instant Messenger right. and put an away message up so that a girl that I had a crush on might or might not look at my away message. So just so you know what that means. Um, again, um, I think I was just super fortunate growing up. Like I had a bunch of good influences around me and um, 
you know, my dad and then this guy, Joe Pound, who was my coach forever. We, we played, I had a group of like probably eight kids that we played like every sport together growing up, baseball, football, basketball, and we did everything and we were all super competitive. Um, but Joe was never one that was like looking to be flashy or anything or looking to like have the highlight on Instagram, I guess. He was trying to make good baseball players and trying to teach us how to be competitive and um, win. You know, that's that's really what we wanted to do. And uh, I was super lucky to have him around. And then also I just think my dad has always preached, like, uh, on the baseball side, like from the hitting and stuff, I, I think that I was before a little bit, like, that was never really Joe's thing. It was not, like, we're not trying to get super high exit velocity off a tee that's not going to play in a game. You know, he's trying to teach me how to be a hitter, and he played, and um, he's a good hitter for sure. So that helped a lot, but um, I think I was just fortunate to have good coaching and um, play on teams where we all were just trying to get better. So three things that resonated with me. Number one, be a hitter is the name of our book. Uh, number, number two, uh, you said, you said you, you learned to be a hitter first. I've, I've spoken about this journey that I've had for uh, at length multiple times. And the beauty for me, when I met Bobby or well, we had known each other for a while, but when Bobby became the hitting guy in my life, uh, or the swing guy in my life, I had had this background of learning how to hit, right? I had to learn how to hit without as Kevin Pilar calls it, without the gun, right? His analogy is the swing is like a gun. It's just, if you were a dueler, what kind of gun do you have? Or if you have a knife as a, you get a walk 10 paces, turn around, shoot. But if you only have a knife, you're, you're limited. The quality of your gun doesn't make you a better shooter, right? If you have a 357 Magnum versus a nine millimeter, it doesn't mean you're a better shooter. You just have a better weapon, right? You can get away with more stuff with the 357 Magnum. So what are the, you talking about? Where's this all the... Stop it. How Let long have you known about guns? That was crazy. The idea... The I, idea you can't of, talk those about those that. You live in Massachusetts. You can't talk about guns. I live in Texas. Well, I, should have, the, I should have a gun rack behind well, me. We got Texas Florida that trumps <laughs> Massachusetts. But those are the only two kinds of guns I know about. But anyway, the point I was trying to make is <laughs> yeah. you mentioned learning how to hit before you learn how to find your power and stuff. I, I, I learned how to hit before I learned how to swing. And I think that was incredibly valuable for me in my development and what it allowed me to do later when somebody gave me the better weapon. Um, and the third thing that you said is you played multiple sports. So um, what, I mean, I'm assuming you played three sports in high school, four sports in high school. Was that kind of yeah, well, like played, a normal thing? I played thing? football and baseball in high school, but um, I mean, I still, we played pick up everything, you know, and it was just cause honestly, like uh, my high school football was pretty good and baseball was pretty good, but eventually like once I committed and stuff it kind of stinks looking back I kind of wish I had got to play more stuff but it was just like a lot I wanted to spend a lot of time playing baseball and um, football was kind of second fiddle anyway but I just loved competing so what position you play in football uh growing up I played tight end and like middle linebacker but in high school I played quarterback because uh the kid on our team growing up, he's a backup quarterback at Georgia right now. He's like a four-star out of high school, and he's a stud. So hopefully he'll get to play next year after Stetson's gone. But we had a really good group of athletes that we grew up around right in our little area. So Sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> Florida. Growing up in Florida. Yeah. Just having having that group of friends, there's, there's a huge, I guess, when you're from the Northeast because Chris is in Massachusetts now. I'm from New Hampshire. There's this perception that kids in the South are so much better that, you know, living in Texas now, like, <clears throat> I, I know that, like, it, 
the perception that, you know, everything's better, the, the instruction's better, everything like, yes, there's better resources. There's, there's, I think there's more players. So there's more better players because there's just more players, but the competition playing year round and being around it consistently, the, the adage is, you know, you want to draft Northern arms and Southern bats because the Northern arms are fresher right. and the Southern bats have been growing up playing against, you know, playing more games, seeing more, seeing more arms and more variations. How much, how much do you think you're like growing up in the competition you faced prepared you for college and like how many, how many kids are you facing now that you grew up playing against at various tournaments and whatnot? I yeah. mean, is it <clears throat> a lot of the same kids? I think for sure. And like the older you get, the more you play against some of the guys and stuff. And then you go play summer ball places and you'll get to meet guys and everyone. But, um, I mean, yeah, there's guys that I play in college that I've been playing since I was like, you know, eight or nine. We did travel ball, like Yo-Yo Morales at Miami. We played him team MVP, like when we were like 10, you know, we had like a huge rivalry for a couple of years and he's a stud too and got to play USA baseball with him and stuff and a bunch of guys really. So there's definitely a lot of talent down here. And I think being able to be outside year round and um, do that, like keeps it fun. I know like if I was up North and had to be like indoors for, the whole winter i mean nothing like you'd ha- i'd do it for sure but um i don't know how much fun it would have been you know so i oh, it's terrible. love playing it's, so, it's, it's different as, it's, yeah. as, it's as bad as you think it is yeah, yeah. it's different yeah. i'll tell you what you see enough when i was 17 16 15 years old i just had the like go in put a single wheel machine on and a building that had bad lighting and bad netting and it's like oh my god how many times can i hit balls coming through the machine said you guys are out there you know, no shirts on, taking ground right. balls. And stuff. <laughs> so uh, it, it's definitely different. Um, get, getting back to getting back to you. So you go in as a freshman. You end up you played forty nine games. You started forty four games as a true freshman um, between second and third base, and you ended up having a really good year: three hundred two, three seventy nine, four fifty three, um, hundred fifty nine at bats as a freshman. Like, I'm assuming you're feeling pretty good about yourself at the end of your freshman year for the most part. Yeah, I'd like, say. Um, I was definitely looking back happy with like how much I played, I guess, but also I kind of, I felt like I could do better than I did, you know, cause I didn't, I didn't start for, um, probably like two weeks right there and like three quarters of the way through the season. And I was kind of pissed about that, but, <laughs> um, just cause I love competing. I want to be out there winning with the guys. So, um, and I was, we were, we all kind of had a bad taste in our mouth about how the way our season ended that year. Uh, we were hosting a regional and then ended up getting our butts whooped um, by South Alabama to get knocked out. So kind of had a little fire. But, yeah, I mean, it was definitely not a bad start to my career at Florida, for sure. Yeah. Well, I think everything you just said is a testament to what being great is about, right? Like, in order to be great, you have to want more. It, it's always more. It's never enough. Like, I, it's seven, six years of my career in independent ball, and I started my career hitting 300 every year in my professional career. And there were years when I, I had a lot of three hundred twos. I had three of them in my first three in my first six years, and it felt like it. There was more. I felt like I left a lot on the table. Even the year I had one year, where I had three thirty six, and I, it felt good at the end. But it, it was almost relief, right? Like I had this yeah. relief. Like it's I've accomplished what I want to accomplish, but I knew that I could push the limit further. And I think that's, you know, the best guys that I've ever been around. The Wade Boggs the. Uh, I never got a chance to be around Tony Gwynn, but these are stories I hear about these guys. I spent a little time with Wade and, you know, 
they hit 340 and they're like, oh, they're freaking out after an 0 for 8. So it's, it's I mean, it's just a testament to, I think, your character and what and what you represent as a player. And it, it it's, it's, it's everything you're saying is right. Like you want to be out there competing. You want to be out there grinding. You want to be out there with your guys. And I think, what would you say, like, how did you handle the times when you weren't playing? And what were the things that you, you did to, I guess, push yourself in the lineup yeah. or get yourself back in there? Yeah, you know, at first, for sure, my freshman year, I mean, that was like the first time in my life I had not, like, probably started, honestly, you know. And um, so it was something that it was, like, new. And, like, you see other guys go through it and you see, like, guys act, like, childish and stuff and think, like, okay, I would never act like that and stuff. But, yeah, like, honestly, at first I didn't handle it super well, like, for, like, first – first two games or something um and kind of acted like a jackass and saw the way my teammates were looking at me and realized that was not who I wanted to be and um so then I handled it a lot better after that and kind of put myself in position like when I got back out there to have success just because you know I, was, I really just want us to win and I was rooting on my teammates and stuff like that and that's the right way to handle it um but you kind of have to go through it yourself before you can uh really know what you need to do and um it's hard. To, it's like easy to judge other people when they're going through it, but once before, until you go through it yourself, you don't really know. But um, yeah, and I mean, I just experience is wisdom, yeah, man. I lit a fire under my ass for sure. You know, I knew that I needed to do be better, and um, kind of also just it depends on like why why you got benched and stuff. You know, like what what do you need to work on personally? And um, for me, it's just like relaxing because I was just. I'm an ultra competitive person and stuff. So when things aren't going the right way, my first instinct is just try harder and harder and harder. And uh, in baseball, I've had to learn that sometimes that doesn't work. You know, I just need to relax and like trust your abilities. So it's kind of counterintuitive to me, but that's definitely something that um, I've had to work on the past couple of years. You know, kid, you're saying some mature shit right now. I don't know if you know <clears> that or not, but you're saying some some mature stuff. That's uh, it's pretty impressive to hear a college guy talk like this and experience ends up being wisdom and I, I i resonate very much with all the things you're saying I, I if the difference for me and you is i went to assumption college which really like i don't have three guys kind of up my butt uh coming to take my job like i was a freshman hitting 180 at the midway point and they're, they're not going with another guy i ended up sitting one game and so i i definitely understand the there's like this this buildup of of emotion and and it's stuff we have to learn to deal with because Harder isn't necessarily better yeah, for, for sure. us in our game, you know? No doubt. Um, so then, all right, so you finished your freshman year. Where did you go play summer ball after your freshman so year? I actually, um, I ended up having hip from surgery that summer because it's something I'd been playing through for a couple of years. I just, like, it was really achy. And uh, towards the end of that season, it got pretty bad. So I we decided got an MRI at the end of the year and then decided it's probably best to get it taken care of that summer. So did like rehab all summer. Um, and then that leads us into my sophomore year. And so I was rehabbing till like, I guess like early October. And then, um, I mean, we played Georgia down in Jacksonville every year in the fall. And so it was like my goal to get back for that game. And they were saying that I was going to be back, but, um, I ended up being ready to play. That was, that was my goal the whole year. I make like a, list of goals for every season um got to do that so that was a special one for sure and playing in front of the home fans and stuff and my family and just a bunch of friends that was really cool um and yeah it's awesome no doubt 
feel like Bobby's got something after that. He's, he, when he does his head nods, usually he's, uh, <clears throat> he's, he's a, a thought is brewing somewhere. No, nope, I'm just I'm, I'm listening. It's good. Uh, that goal setting is always a really good thing. Do you have a where'd you learn that from, and what do you have like types of goals? Uh, there's I don't want to lead too much in the question, but I'm curious how you go about that goal setting process. Yeah. Um, that's really I guess it got kind of. Proud of me. I had a high school coach, Eric Whitford. He played pro ball a little bit and um, played at JU, but he kind of, like my freshman year of high school, kind of brought it to me, like, hey, like, make a list of goals for the season. And that, I did, like, mostly statistical goals then, I think. But, um, and I still have statistical goals now that I put out, but um, a lot of the stuff is be, like, just, like, attitude and, like, mindset and, like, whatever, you know, I feel like I need to do to, like, be successful and, um, you know personally too I have goals for sure so so that's interesting right that's good. so i while while you got disconnected i i said to bobby and I, I think i mentioned it when you came back on watching you play um makes me feel like you're you embody 300 right like i i grown growing up for me 300 was like everything i was obsessed with hitting 300 yeah. it was the only thing that mattered if I was hitting 298 at any given point in the season, I was losing my right. mind. Um, and as I got older, I, I, I would, I kind of wore my dad out about this because he held me to a really high standard growing up and he was a left-handed pitcher. So shit was easy for him. He just like, yeah, I just throw a curveball. It's just easy life. Right. Um, but he, like, if I went over four, over eight, I would have notes or messages from him saying like, you know, you gotta get pissed off or you gotta, and I think a lot of it, for years, I felt like he, he created anxiety in me, right? Or I created anxiety in myself because of what he said. And I, it was coming from a place of love, don't get me wrong. But um, I also think that pushed me and inspired me to be able to do what I did yeah. in a professional career. Um, you went in the last year, you, and I don't mean to bring up source subjects, but you were as good as any hitter in the country for the first month and a half of the season. Absolutely. And uh, like, I was literally watching and I'm thinking to myself, man, I got put this kid on my team every day of the weekend, twice on Sunday. And just so you know, that still holds true, uh, regardless. Uh, you hit a lull at some point yeah. last year. Uh, what, what was that like? Did, you, did Talk about the, the things you were feeling you went through. I don't know. Was there an injury related to it? Was there, was there stuff to happen that people don't know about? Or, right. um, you know, was it? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to blame like an injury or anything. Like everyone throughout the course of the year playing. 70 games or something like and when you get a pro ball a lot more like there's like everyone gets nicked up and fights through stuff every day but uh yeah I mean like you said the first like quarter of the season probably maybe a little bit more like I think I was hitting like 400 something with like six bombs and that was like more homers than I ever hit in a season in my life I was absolutely on fire for sure and uh I think I went like a week or two where like didn't get a bunch of hits, but it wasn't like I was, like, taking bad swings or anything. I was, like, lying out and stuff. But I think, again, I was putting some pressure on myself, like, um, like what the heck, why aren't you getting hits? Like, you see your, you just go up every day and see your average on the big scoreboard, and it's going down. And so then you start thinking, like, okay, like, what's wrong with my swing, you know? I'm going to go to the cage and figure it out. And um, every single day, just keep – maybe it gets worse and worse. Just don't get a hit for another game or something, and then – you know, putting a lot of pressure on myself for sure that kind of started losing a little bit of confidence and, um, you know, that wasn't good. And that's something that I definitely, I think I'm honestly, like, obviously I would have rather it not happen. 
monastery and stuff. No one ever wants to struggle. But I think coming out on the other side of it, it made me a lot more mature and I like learned a lot from the whole experience, you know. And um, it's really helped me like kind of realize that I just need to relax and like trust the player I am and stuff. And um, yeah, I mean, it was definitely. If you had told me coming out of high school that I was gonna hit 240 my sophomore year of college, I would have told you you're crazy or like thought I would have died or something, you know. But I'm still here and I'm still a really good player. And then got to go to the Cape last summer and um, have a really good summer and just kind of solidify that in my head that I can do this and it's not I'm not in over my head and stuff like that. So I mean that was stuff I really never thought about before, honestly. And uh, going through it last year, it kind of it was crazy for sure. But um, yeah. I'm- I'm going to tell you something. It's the best thing that ever happened to me. This last year is the best thing that ever happened to me. And I, I talk about this stuff a lot, man, because we very similar, right? Like I, I, all I could see in front of me as a freshman, I'm too good for this school. I'm going to end up transferring somewhere and literally end up hitting 180 for the first half of the season to the point where I'm like freaking out. I'm geeking out. I can't, I'm, going to close myself in my room at night. And by the way, this held true for like significant parts of my professional career because I, I was trying to meet an expectation versus being present every day. And to do it on a, on a much bigger stage for you, like the universe, people pay attention to the University yeah. of Florida, right? Nobody pays attention to Assumption College. So uh, everything you just said, it, the, the it, looking back on it, you're probably like, man, I should have done this better. I can't believe yeah. I did this or all these moments that I feel like I, I kind of just let go. And it, it, I think you learned a lot about how important it is to be present. And to your credit, right, to your credit, and the thing I'll, I'll, I want to give you a lot of credit for is you continue to play hard. You continue to play the game the right way. And you contributed to your team winning games, regardless of your ability to get hits or not in a, on any given day. So that's a testament to you watching from the outside. Cause I see a lot of guys who go through that and they're not helping their right. team win. And that's the reason why you stayed in the lineup. And that's the reason why you're a big part of what's to come at the university of Florida uh, onto better things. You ended up parlaying that into a pretty good summer at yeah. the Cape. What was that experience? Like talk about how you, Went from your college season, had some disappointment, obviously losing at the end of the year, too. Um, what, what changed? What was yeah, different? so I think towards, like, probably, like, the last couple of weeks of our regular season in college, um, I spent a ton of time with Chuck and just kind of realized, like, I felt like I had nothing to lose at that point, honestly, at the plate. So um, just kind of took some pressure off and, you know, started to find it again and just get back on time for heaters. I think that was a lot of the stuff, too. Um, I was thinking way too much at the plate and just – complicating things but just got back on time for some fastballs and then um went went to the cape and kind of just had a relaxed mindset and i've always liked swinging wood a lot too so i think that's something that i feel super comfortable with wood in my hands um so being able to play with wood this summer was awesome and uh honestly just got to meet a bunch of great people in falmouth our manager was awesome coach trendy he's one of the best people ever um but yeah i just it was a great, great place to play in Falmouth and um, ended up making a lot of good friends with the team and stuff. And uh, a lot of time in summer ball, like, you know, in college, like everyone's coaches are pretty intense at school and um, it can be pretty stressful and stuff. So it's kind of like a time to like summer ball is a little bit more lax and stuff. But a lot of our guys, we wanted to win and stuff. So that was a lot of fun. And 
um, we were still playing to win and we had a bunch of competitive people on our team. So I think it was just a really good situation we put in and um, obviously had success. And yeah, I was like, I'm super grateful for last summer. It was, it was great. <clears throat> Did you have expectations when the draft rolled around with the format being a little bit different now and being kind of later in the summer? Uh, what were your expectations like going into the draft? Did you think you were going to go? Yeah. Did you think it was a chance? Uh, what was that no, like? I thought there was a chance for sure. Um, I did talk to teams and uh, kind of everyone's like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> where was this? You know, a couple months ago, it was there the first half of the season. And what happened? And now you're doing it again. Like, kind of confused guys a little bit, I think. But, uh, yeah, I mean, at the time of the draft, I think it was like probably – but July something, so right, right at like the All Star break for the Cape, and um, I was definitely doing really well. And I've known a lot of the scouts and stuff that are area guys up here in Florida for a long time, so I kind of have a relationship with them. But uh, you know, that was kind of another thing. Like during the season, I think a lot of the pressure and anxiety just kind of came from like really wanted to get drafted high and feeling like that that was super important to me because obviously, I mean, baseball is my life. You know, I spend a bunch of time every day working towards this goal for however long I've been playing. Um, so that's something that definitely kind of heavy. But I think at the beginning of the Cape season, I kind of let go of those expectations just because I realized, like, um, I had a bad season or whatever, and I know I can be a much better player than that. So I just went up there, just wanted to play and have fun. Um, and that was really, I think, huge to my success too. So yeah. You said something before that, that hit, it hit home with me. Uh, my first year in the big leagues, I hit 194, and uh, <laughs> on the on the opposite side in AAA, I won the MVP. I hit 352 yeah. or 354, and won the MVP in AAA. But in the big leagues, I hit 194. So I literally, and you, the, the 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 way you said it, you said I realize I'm still here, I'm still alive. I thought if I hit 194, the world would end, right? The the the, the thing would stop spinning right. in the circle. Um, but I remember coming home from that season, I was pretty disappointed in my performance in the big leagues, but I, I did learn one thing that I, I knew I could perform there. I was just putting too much pressure on myself to, to do it every day. Right. Like I'm living on this other side when I'm getting sent down, when I'm, you know, the guy, I'm the dude. And then you go to the big leagues and nobody yeah. gives a shit, right? Like Max Scherzer's like, I don't, I don't, I don't give a fuck right. what you're hitting in triple A kid. And I started out thinking myself and I, I think. Bobby and I talk about this a lot, like the challenges of baseball are that it's just long, right? It's just, you're caught up in it and you're doing well one day and you're doing poor the next and you ride these waves and it's so important to just be present mentally every day. Um, and kudos to you for parlaying it into what you did last summer. And, um, you know, I think the lessons you learned will really help moving forward, both going into this year and, and moving into your professional career. So I, it's, you know, I didn't, I didn't really phrase that as a question, but it was more of a statement. But I, I know yeah. the feelings that you went yeah, through. Yeah, for sure. What uh, you said you liked uh, swinging wood bats. What's your what's your model? Yeah, what do you I like swung C two forty three for a long time, um, which I like. Yeah, you a little bit. Thing. For sure, but uh, two forty three. What what, what size bat? What are you working with? Three and a half. Yeah. Three and a half. Yes, yeah, so not bad. Oh, cup or no was, cup? Uh, little cup, half cup. Yeah. Half cup. Usually, two forty threes aren't cup because guys yeah. like that big barrel and loaded. All yeah, right. I had cheap last time. Uh, I was always. Um, they were pretty good, but yeah, C two forty three. What do you have a preferred uh, brand for bat? I swung Louisville for a long time, and then 
swung some Rougies this summer that were good, but um, it's just trying to get like big league wood. You know, it's only better no matter what brand. What? What do you go? You what, what kind of finish you working with? Hold on, we got to drill into this. I want to yeah, know. I want to know. I want to know how much details, guys. This big, is a details big pine, guy. You a pine tar guy? You tape it up? Or you, what's what's the situation? Tar, um, no tape, Gloves? no lizard skin. I'm not a big fan of lizard skin, but but look, lizard skin yeah, on wood is weird. Really to me. Good, I know yeah, a lot of people like it, know, but I don't. But I'm not a big fan. Yeah. Pine I was forced into it just to, <laughs> for context. When I tore the nerve in my thumb, I had to get as much padding on the bat as possible because I was never. I loved the feeling yeah. of just having the bat in my hands, but then when I hurt my my nerve uh, in 2014, I remember coming back. I, I played the whole year and I could barely squeeze the bat. It, reflected in my play but i started going with yeah. lizard skin i was trying, like the thickest yeah. one and thumb guard and i was like oh my god this is right. so weird and then it ended up being all right for me but i when the answer to the question what model do i use is the one that exactly. has hits in it the one the what what company whatever whoever got the most hits whoever got the most knocks uh, i switched to ssk late in my career because nick swisher was had a had a SSK bat and he was playing first and I said, Hey, is that a SSK bat? And he's like, Yeah, I'll send one over. And I was obsessed with SSK when I was little right. living in Europe. Because yeah, you know, sure. we'd get all the Asian stuff. Um so t- tell me tell me about this year. Now here you are, you're yep. a junior. Um I don't know if the world knows about your fall, but if you get into whatever you yeah. want to get into and uh what you're really looking forward to. Yeah, this no, year. I'm I'm super excited. Um I think last couple of years just getting closer with all the guys, especially the dudes in my class, and then um, a couple of guys that are older than me. We, we've got some guys still around. Um, I think it's a super close team, and so we're kind of really excited for this year and got a bunch of young talent coming in too. And, you know, we always at Florida are always loaded and um, have a bunch of talent for sure, but I think this group of guys is really good uh, together and just chemistry-wise, and I think we're all pretty motivated and have, like, similar mindsets. So, um I'm really excited for the year, no doubt. And, um, yeah, looking forward to playing. That's awesome. What's the, um, what surprised you or what's, um, I guess we, we have a lot of high school kids that want to play in college at listen. So what's, what was the biggest transition for you coming from high school to, to being in the college yeah. level? Um, I'd say. Or any advice you would give? Or any advice you would give to, to kids that Yeah. I are think on your path? Uh, you know, in high school a lot of guys I mean, I think about the amount of people that you played with in high school and stuff and guys that would say they want to play college ball and stuff, but uh, I think once you get to college, you know, you can't you can't really fake it anymore and um, it kinda cream comes to the top, you know. Like if, if you really wanna do this and you really wanna play then it's pretty evident with what you do every day and um, that's gonna show on the field for sure. And eventually you know, it's going to catch up with you. So there, there's a lot of work to be done and stuff. But if you if you really love baseball and um, it's what you want to do for your career, if you just want to play in college, great. But um, there's a lot of work to be done for sure. And, um, you know, guys, upperclassmen and stuff that take it serious and guys that want to continue playing baseball, if, if you don't go about your business the right way, it's, you know, you're going to have a kind of a tough time because it's kind of it's disrespectful to them. It's disrespectful to the program um, for sure. So I'd say if you want to play in college, you got to really love the game and um, it's a lot of work, but it's really rewarding too. And uh, something that not a lot of people get to do. And um, yeah, you know, the guys I want to have on my team are the guys that love baseball and want to get better and have similar mindsets to me. So no doubt. 
I've had two people in the last six months talk to me about love and baseball and putting it at the top of a list. It's been you and Peter Gammons. And I feel very similarly that Peter Gammons to me has been a legend. I got to be around him the other day. He did a, a little sit down with a bunch yeah. of college guys and myself and a couple other major league players were there. Um, and loving the game is so important, right? And it, it, we have to find this balance between loving the game and, and being confident, wanting to achieve everything. And then at the same time, and I think this is part of the lessons that you've learned and alluded to in the, in the conversation is uh, you got to let go of expectations and you got to let go of these standards that you hold yourself to in order to be the best version of yourself every day. Right. And that's such an important thing to be able to do. But I think the prerequisite for all of it is love the game, right? Like love the game. Cause then, and that's true of anything we do in life. It's not just baseball. Make sure you love what you're doing and you're passionate about it so that uh, when things get hard, uh, you're not just going to run away, you know, cause they're going to get hard no matter what we do. Baseball just happens to do it to us in, uh, in much shorter windows. And, and I think, you know, you're much more prepared for, for what's to come uh, moving forward. Um, so tell me uh, a couple more things and we'll let you go, but um what do you what do you feel like is in the future? I mean, and yeah. we can't predict the future, obviously, but we talk about it a lot. Um, what, what's an what's an ideal situation for you look like this year? Obviously, sure. with the draft and the team. And, yeah, and I mean, I like want that. our goal as a team is definitely make it to Omaha and uh, compete for a national championship and hopefully win one. So that's what we want to do um, for sure, and then. You know, I think that if I'm just working towards that goal every single day, um, you know, professional baseball is definitely should be something that I'm doing next year and hopefully get drafted this summer and uh, get ready to go go play pro. And, um, yeah, you know, that's been a dream of mine for a long time and something that, again, you know, I've worked, worked really hard for for a long time too, so. All right. He's a good kid. He's a mutter. Very, very, Yeah. It's always impressive when you get younger, younger kids that are, that have perspective like that. Cause I don't think I had any perspective like that. <laughs> I had even none. a little bit, not even a smidge of that type of perspective when I was his age. So it's I, pretty, I, pretty good to see. I don't I think had, I started getting that perspective till I started coaching. I had zero dude. I was, I was just such a naive punk. And, and that's why like, I say this to people all the time. I say, I wish. I just wish that somebody had, had tried, right? And and no offense to my dad. My dad did great. Like, I, I love my dad dearly. But the only thing my dad knew was go, right? Harder, harder, more, more. Output, output, output. So I, I didn't have anyone that really talked to me about the stresses of the game. And I, I was, I think, lucky enough in a lot of ways to experience a lot of it myself, both in high school and in college, right? And I... Again, I was thrown into a situation when I went to college where I was going to play. I was going to be the guy. I, I, it was very on purpose. I went to a Division two school with the understanding that I was going to be the guy. I was going to go in as a freshman, get an opportunity. And um, I was lucky that he stuck with me. But, you know, we, we didn't have anything to really hold on to. It's not like we were playing for a conference championship as a freshman. We won nine games. So. Um, thankful to my coach for sticking with me because the lessons I learned were, were good. And I, I had to learn them in the school of hard knocks. Nobody, nobody prepared me for them. Not that I, it would have changed anything. But. Yep. 
Well, good stuff. Um, good episode just to kick off the year. Uh, it's going to be fun. I think the college season starting so early and being so televised now because like when, you know, when COVID happened and it's just, it's part of the changed world is college baseball, college softball is just everywhere now. And it's really fun because it's, it's, it's fun to watch. Kids are passionate and the environments are great. And it's just, it's a fun, fun brand of baseball. So be fun to watch. And uh, yeah. One more guy to follow now. So I'm, I'm excited yeah. and uh, mutual connections for me down there at, uh, in Gainesville. So it'd be interesting. The SEC is always, you know, on a different level athletically. So um, success to Colby, success to the Gators and, be fun to get this thing rolling. We're we're less than less than six weeks away, I think. Seven seven weeks away from the college season kicking off. So really cool. You know, guys reporting to spring training and, and college baseball being uh full send. So. It's coming quick. Well it's uh coming quick. On that note, uh hope you enjoyed the first episode of the new year and uh pickle is out. <laughs>